Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Greetings and welcome to episode 286 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. And there's a six in this episode, my friend. You and your sixes, jeez. My favorite number. So strange. Voila. Who above the age of 13 has a favorite number? (laughs) I don't know. Probably a whole hell of a lot of our listeners, by the way. Maybe we should ask them. There you go. Who's with Barb on this six BS? (laughs) Maybe not six, but a special number. I know Taylor Swift's is 13. There you go. That's some good dental podcasting right there. That's some information you did not want to know. I know. I know. Now I know Taylor Swift's favorite number. Great. Good you. <laughs> did you get to see her in concert this year? Yes, I did. Good for you. You and half the rest of the world. Yeah, and she was a f***ing amazing. Yeah. What's happening down in Florida? Anything exciting? No. No? I'm actually getting cooler weather now. I know that's something you don't get to enjoy. Well, we're going to Chicago, I think, tomorrow. So are you telling me that it's cooler in Illinois? It should be. Yeah, we we get down to the 40s at night. I can't imagine that they're any warmer. Nice. Good for you. Bring a jacket. I will. Yeah. We're recording this before the DTG because we want to get it out of the way. So we're on our way to Chicago in the morning. And we are excited. We are very excited. So something else happened last week. You know Panthera Master Cup. Hell yes. Yes. Our good friends at Panthera. They've been on the podcast many times. Beatrice has been on talking about it. Yep. They had this year's competition. They got it down to the top three. And a uh, podcast favorite of ours Boom. is actually in that top three. Right on. Nina Freakington has made the final round. That's super exciting. Great job, Nina. Good for you. Congratulations. Yes, I saw that. I was one of the first people. I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. She did amazing work. If you get a chance, go online, look at what they did. And she's just a favorite of ours. She's been on this podcast many times and we wish her the best of luck to uh, win first place. I know. So great. Such an artist. Super excited. But so what? So the top three, then they go to Canada? Yeah. And they compete again? the same cases. No, maybe they do another one. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I saw it online just like you did. So that's great. Good luck, Nina. Yeah, I do know they go to Canada. And I don't know if it's a new case or the same case, but there's definitely like a final round. And then they have a first place winner. And usually they win a bunch of stuff. Sometimes they come on the podcast to talk about it. Yeah, it's awesome stuff. Great job, Nina. All right. So this week we talked to the amazing lady running the only dental technology bachelor program in the United States, Brooke Harris. Super bonus is that this school is actually here in my home state of Indiana, and it's actually called the Indiana University Fort Wayne. Brooke comes on to talk about how she found the dental industry, some of the labs that she's worked at, coming back to the program to teach, and to eventually run the program. Now, while there's only a handful of dental technology schools left, Brooke talks about the challenges of running one and what her and her team are doing to attract more people to the program. So great. Yeah, and how they are setting up the school so the graduates come out ready to be hired by the labs. It's a great conversation, so join us as we chat with Brooke Harris. What's the worst part about getting into digital and dentistry? That's not having the support that you need. And did you know that Ivoclar has digital equipment sales specialists? These experienced professionals, now these are people that have been doing this for a while. They're here to help make your transition to digital a smooth one. Don't waste your time with anyone else. They help provide customized solutions, analyze your ROI, provide hands-on assistance, and localize support. All of this catered to your needs. Let's be honest, when we're into digital, most of us have a lot of needs. Contact a digital equipment sales specialist today by emailing digitalspecialist at ivaclar.com. Tell them you heard it here on the podcast and 
always, Ivacor, we appreciate your support. Whether you're looking to elevate your craftsmanship or looking to cut back on cost, look no further. Vita MFT teeth are the ultimate solution for creating lifelike and stunning smiles. Crafted with precision and backed by cutting-edge technology, Vita MFT teeth offer unparalleled aesthetics and durability. And since Vita believes in the power of experiencing excellence firsthand, for a limited time only, they are offering you the chance to get a complimentary case sample. That's right, a full case absolutely free. Just visit VitaNorthAmerica.com forward slash free MFT. Don't wait any longer to start providing your customers a premium tooth at an economy price. Redeem your free case sample, and if you're ready to buy, Vita will even give you an extra 10% off discount by shopping online on their newly launched online store. Join the Vita family today, and we appreciate your support of the podcast. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We are excited today to welcome to the podcast probably the first person, I'm going to say this, Brooke, outside (laughs) of my initial lab that I met that was in the industry that I didn't work with at the lab. What do you mean? Okay, that was a terrible introduction. I know. I'm like, what? I'm Okay, I am too. Brooke Harris, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Hi, Brooke. I, <laughs> I met you, so we're talking 2000, probably nine, back when Indiana still had the spring technical meeting. Yeah. I remember I was taken to this. This is my first time like going to a lab event outside of just our lab. And I walk into this room and it's you and Candy putting on some test in a room. CDT and CREP review. Wow. I had no idea what was going on. And you were just so nice. I was fat. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. That's, I don't funny. That's I what you remember. Wow. I don't remember that. And I just remember you were like my first experience outside of our lab. Oh. I was like, look at this nice lady. No. And I don't remember what you did to really make me think you were nice other than just I be have polite. a beautiful fake welcoming smile that people think is just <laughs> very genuine you bs the hell out of me that day <laughs> yeah i think most people will recognize that smile <laughs> i do i do Yay. <laughs> so brooke welcome to the podcast how are you today um, i'm pretty fantastic i'm kind of tired of this rainy weather that we are having and the end of July, but I am grateful to finally be speaking with the two of you since I think it's been a couple of years since you initially asked. Yes. Yeah. Been... Elvis told me. I was like, oh, I love Brooke. <laughs> I've been bugging for a while. Yeah. yeah. The last seven years, I have not been functioning at my normal level. So I'm back. I'm here. We're glad your mental and physical health are, <laughs> are ready to tackle this podcast. That's right. Let's <laughs> do it. So, Brooke, I believe probably everybody knows if they don't, they do by now, that you run the Indiana University Fort Wayne Dental Lab Technology Program. That is correct, sir. But before we get into that, how did you even find out about this industry? (laughs) I have told this story many times, and it can get elaborate. I'll try to keep it brief-ish. Oh, elaborate. We got an hour. (laughs) I want to know all about it. So back in the year 2000, when I graduated from Homestead <laughs> High School, so I actually only applied to one university, and that was Purdue University down in West Lafayette. And I was going for, you know, I was going to Purdue for the most primo education in elementary education. Because when you think of schooling for Purdue, you think of education, right? No. I wanted to go. I think I'm of NASA and astronauts yeah. and yeah, engineers. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why do you think that? That's what they're known for. Oh, okay. Yeah, that college had the most astronauts graduate oh, sure. from. They have a beautiful engineering program and whatnot, but my two very best friends from high school were also attending. And somehow I got in and I went 
And every other semester, I would get put on academic probation. Uh, not you. Oh, I, I was that. a miserable student. And I will tell everybody this. I had one semester where I had a 1.0. I had three Fs and an A that year, or that semester. What was the A in? It was, it was an elementary education science class that was also, it was hands-on. So like you went and you would do the labs that you would do with the students, you know, like they would take baking soda and vinegar, like make no, a volcano. Like <laughs> observing isopods in the natural environment. Like, okay, so I liked it because I'm weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had a good time. I was involved in Purdue musical organizations, which is the, the all-female glee club, the Purdueettes. But after my third year there, one of my friends was was going to be leaving. And I just was really mentally struggling. Like I said, academically didn't do well. So I came home to Fort Wayne, which is where Indiana University, Purdue University, Fort Wayne was, or mm-hmm. and still is, but we have been split. So it was called IPFW back in the day. Not a lot of my credits transferred. Really? Oh, no. I had lots of D's and F's. Oh, those. Ca- okay. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't do really well. So I came in and then I was just kind of exploring some things. And at that time, I looked at the dental programs. I definitely didn't have a GPA that was acceptable for dental hygiene. And I had already been in school now for three, almost three and a half years. And at that point, the certificate was only available for dental assisting. And I also don't like people in their mouth. (laughs) I don't believe that. It was probably I didn't at that time like people. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is not, okay. And so I took this intro to dentistry course, which we still hold every semester. And it just introduced us to a bunch of different aspects of dentistry. We had prosthodontists come in. We had all the directors from the three allied programs at the university come in. And when the director, Charlie Champion, came in and spoke to our class, I instantly had that light up moment. I go, oh my gosh, this is for me. And part of it was, that sounds awesome because I get to work with my hands. Mm -hmm. And the other part was... uh, they really didn't care what your GPA was, and there were no prerequisites. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get in. <laughs> and I started in. I started that fall of '04. I started into that program, and I, I immediately enjoyed it. You know, teeth were floating in my mind, and I ended up throughout the couple, the two years, I made the dean's list. I got A's in classes, and that was not something that I was used to. So I think that really built it and, and kind of made me grow very quickly in it and finding my love for it. Did you struggle with the academic part of it or because your passion was so much, you loved it? I loved it. I did. I do tell them the dental materials class, I did get a C in, but that, and that was because of the lecture portion, the didactic. It was just, it was a little bit heavier and I didn't grasp some of the concepts at the time. Yeah. Um, But the hands-on, and this is what often happens with our students because, you know, 50% of it's their didactic, 50% of it's their hands-on typically, that it balances them out Mm -hmm. if they are stronger in one area. And for me, I was able to do both and I loved it. And I was positioned at graduation where I was close enough to to being able to complete a, a bachelor degree that they approached me at the time about coming back and possibly assisting and at, coming at the at, school. And, yes. To, yeah. to, to, to kind of help out in the classroom. And I said, sure. So I was working at the lab that I ended up interning at uh, Northeast dental laboratory with Ann Stansky. Who oh, so hold on. So when you were going to school, you were allowed to intern. Do they offer that as part of the program? Yes, we have a, a, a pretty good, uh, well, it's externship, really, uh, externship opportunity for our students in their final year. All right. So you have to be in your final year and then you're allowed to go and work in a laboratory. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So wow. um, I actually had been given an opportunity from a student that was leaving the program. So I was going into my second year and he was just graduating and he had been working at a lab in the basement of a dental office. So like in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And um, I got to take that position over to the point that like (laughs) you have like a a two coil burner that you plug in and you've got pots to boil your water in and I have a lid that matched. So I inverted another pot to get the water to boil and then to see if the water was boiling. So you got real world experience. The crap out of my finger. Lord. The, The big boy press wouldn't open up big enough to press two brass flasks, but it wouldn't close down far enough to press just one. So you had to shim it. Yes. (laughs) I started out like, I know the old school too, even though I'm a little bit younger. (laughs) 
That's fun. Did you did you make sure and thank him for that opportunity? I, he actually stopped by just recently, and we laughed about it quite a oh, bit. That's great. Is he still uh, practicing? He is not. He ended up not staying in the industry, but it was he came and stopped by because he had recently moved back to the area. So yeah, it was pretty funny. So, how long were you there for? I worked in that basement during my second year in the program, and then I think for maybe like another year after I graduated because. After I graduated, I was working at Applebee's. I was babysitting part-time. I was working at Northeast Dental Laboratory. And then I would do a couple, you know, like hours at this other office because we would send most stuff out. Mm -hmm. And then I was also working at the school. So I was like, I got to take a break. I got to figure this out. Because then I was also taking classes. How the hell did you fit all of that in? Maybe this. Oh, okay. Let me think about this for real. Yes. Yes. Seriously. I know. I, I, yes, I was, they were all just very part-time type things. Right. So I finished up my bachelor's. I was doing that part-time and I was assisting at the university. And I was also working at, I think at Northeast Dental Laboratory at that time with maybe a couple things sprinkled in. How, what actually happened the, the fall after I graduated. So that very first semester that I came back to assist the director, Charlie Champion got into a severe motorcycle accident. Oh no. Like crushed the entire left side of his body. I, I don't know how that man lived but he did and he's still full of it (laughs) he came back and that was in october of that year and i know i I know by spring break of that following semester so less than six months he was already just walking with just a cane so he was doing phenomenally on his recovery but the the mental change of what had happened and going through life he was ready to retire Mm -hmm. so that really i think expedited how i ended up getting into the position that i was in (laughs) Um, a few other things happened than Candy uh, Ringle, now Candy Cheatham. Some people may remember her from the industry. Um, she became the director and really was was my mentor in that part of my career, in the academic part. And she helped mentor me to kind of grow and end up, you know, where I am now. Um, she had a life change and she took an, another position out of town and the director position came up and uh, I did finally get it. In July of 2013, I became the director of the program. So, what was Candy's role there before she became director? Was she a teacher? She was. She okay. had she had come on like as a part time instructor, and then ended up becoming a full time instructor. And then you know Charlie getting in that accident. Yeah, you know, I did that. So, and at that got, point, you're still just assisting. I was assisting between from 2006 to fall of 2008, and then in 2008, I started. And on my master's degree, Ooh. and I became the grad, they called it a grad teaching assistant at the time. So I was able to be the lead instructor for a couple courses and with that about a 50% teaching load Wow! and did that for two years. Uh, then there was only one position available, full-time position available after that. So I worked for a year, basically just like as an adjunct. And mm-hmm. then, so that would have been 2010, I think 2011 or 2012, I came on full-time and then the director position came up in 2013, and I took that. Oh, wow. Well, I was there at a capacity for quite a bit of time prior to the director. So it's not like you got this because a guy got into an accident. I mean, it sounds I mean, like you earn it. <laughs> I did a few things. I was yeah. around. I've done a few trainings. I've been yeah. to a couple conferences. <laughs> hey, what's the difference between uh, being a director? I mean, obviously, I know what a director is, but do you still teach some? Or- I do. You know, what's your, like, what, what is a director? Help so me understand that. I am very lucky at my program because I know a lot of the other programs, the other code accredited programs do not have as many full-time faculty as I have. So I know New York and LA have quite a few faculty members, but uh, several of the other programs mentally have one. So mm. we do have three full-time faculty members because uh, we teach, I think the dental technology program currently has about 66 credit hours that we teach. Okay. So my position, I'm in charge. I do a lot of advising, recruiting, which are two of my biggest outside of dental passions. I just love that aspect of academia. But I also currently and have been for quite some time, the lead instructor for complete dentures, removable partial dentures, and then the specialties that go along with those during the student seniors year. Right. And I've also been the lab instructor for the dental materials course. The, the first year the students have, we've had a doctor teach the lecture portion for many years now, wow. but our new faculty member will be actually taking that course over. 
You have a dentist teach dental lab material? Uh, Just the materials portion. So Dr. Steve Ellenwood, his daughter actually graduated from our program several years ago, and she has continued to teach with us uh, in an assisting capacity since she graduated. He had a passion for teaching for many years, and we had actually, we had another individual that was teaching the dental materials lecture that had his doctorate in dental materials, but there wasn't as the connection wasn't necessarily there. Yeah. Um, Then we had Dr. Ellenwood come on and do the lecture portions and the students really, really enjoyed him. And then he started teaching a little bit in dental hygiene. And then actually last year he was hired on full time in the dental hygiene program. So this is actually probably was his, this, this past spring was his probably last semester teaching dental materials for us um, because the new faculty member coming in, she has a bachelor's in chemistry and a passion for dental materials as well. Wow. Yeah. So we're really lucky. So I have some more of that administrative duties that the other full-time faculty members don't have. My position is 12 months. So we don't at this point teach courses in the summertime, but I'm there doing summer camps, helping with kit orders, reorganizing curriculum review, curriculum revamping, all those types of things. You mentioned a summer camp. Yeah. What is that? Like I can go there and overnight no. and do campfires and talk about teeth? Yes, Elvis, that's exactly <laughs> no, what you're doing. lucky enough in the, you know, in the surrounding area. And I know other places in Indiana have this as well, but things like different summer camps that, that kids from surrounding schools can sign up for, you know, depending upon their academics and their interests. The one that Indiana Fort Wayne has done for the few years is actually run through the IU Medical School on our campus. And they have a small group of students, you know, 15 or less typically, and they will go to a different program each day of that week and spend three hours. So they'll come to us. We'll talk about our allied programs and what we're able to offer at the university and kind of what it takes as you're going through high school to prepare yourself for those careers. And then uh, we'll do hands on. So in years past, we've shown them how to do bleaching trays. We let them play with the electric waxers and different colored wax so that they can understand that building up. So it's a lot of analog stuff, Mm -hmm. but they love using their hands. That is so great. It is. is I cannot believe that. What are the ages of these kids? I've had kids in there as young as like first graders up to seniors in high school. So depending upon what type of camp comes in. Wow, that Um, is great. I, I do my best to say yes to every opportunity like that because one it's a way for our name to get out there Heck yeah yeah and um you know it's it's free most of the time other than my personal you know me being gone right uh, we've done events like the boy scouts of america had a big event on the Fort wayne campus a few years ago and they had different stations set up throughout the university that these kids could rotate through And we just had our lab open in a couple, like we had the clinic open so that kids could come around, learn a little bit about dental, do some hands-on stuff. And my proudest moment was when uh, these five and six-year-old boys, their dad said, hey guys, let's go see the bottle rocket event. And they said, no, I want to keep doing this. And they were playing with an electric waxer. That's awesome. Like, I am a queen. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want to go see things explode. So... (laughs) that spark in their mind trying to you know i did not know about dental technology i didn't even know you this was a thing this is great yeah i didn't i didn't know about it until college i've gone to girl scout events where they have like lots of stem events Mm -hmm. we have gone to junior achievement program around here they put on a huge oh yeah year fair so we always always want to have something there because the kids love seeing things hands-on. I went over to the Memorial Coliseum and they had a very small event prior to the Mad Ants basketball game, which is our local what was it, D-level team. You're called the Mad Ants? Mad Ants. You said it's a D-level team. I think it's D-level, yes. They're very good. <laughs> Still, I mean. Yeah. Um, they're called the Mad Ants after General Anthony Wayne, who was often referred to as Mad Oh. Yeah, okay. we, do. we have a giant ant that wears a basketball uniform <laughs> and a band. That's great. You know, in our baseball team, we're the Tin Caps. Do you know what that is in reference to? Uh, no. Conspiracy theorists? 
No, Johnny Appleseed is buried in Fort Wayne, Indiana, according to legend. And we have a yearly Johnny Appleseed Festival. But our Tin Caps, our baseball team, Johnny Tin Cap, he wears a pot on his head. Sometimes they're referred to as the potheads. And (laughs) and it's reference to Johnny Appleseed in the history here in Fort Wayne. Wow. I love that. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And it's a gorgeous stadium. So if anybody is ever in the Fort Wayne area during baseball season, you should definitely get to downtown at, uh, I think it's Perkview or something like that. It's a beautiful stadium right downtown Fort Wayne. So let's get back. You got the director's job. Was everything handed to you? Like it's, I mean, just ready to go? When you do anything at the university, the university technically owns that property. So, sure, you know, previous information was, you know, is left behind. Access to emails, things like that. When the director left, there was an interim semester where who the person who was the chair of our department at the time, mm-hmm. she was named as the interim director. Uh, but I took it upon myself to say, hey, I want to learn how to do these things. And took on the work because I just wanted to learn it. And I wanted to, you know, prove my point because I was, I don't know. I was young, driven, young, driven, (laughs) a little cocky, ready to go. I'm just trying to like, I I was so young. It felt like I was so young at this time. And the fact that I had not been out in the industry for a long period of time, I definitely had my insecurities about that because I heard people talk about the things that I felt insecure about through, you know, hearsay, because the lab industry is chit-chatty sometimes, you know? No. <laughs> people oh know God. people. We totally are. Jeez. Right. So I had my reservations. I was a little frightened of it, let's be honest, but I really was rocking it out. I did a great job. I was able to kind of really manage things, but I feel like we kind of got, we kept getting like squashed in areas. I haven't been able to make it grow the way that I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And we're now getting to that point 10 years later, but just a few things have happened at our program and our university in those years in which would delay something like that. So talk to me about that. When you say you want to grow, how do you grow like Uh, that part of it? Like we are capped at the size in which we can take. So we can only take 20 students a year, but we have not met that in a while. And I attribute a lot of that. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why our program, as well as other programs, are very much so struggling with students. 18 years ago, guess what? Not as many kids were born. So we are literally to that. We are at that point and we have been at this point for a while where there are less people just alive in general to be able to come into school. And we're getting ready to hit this breaking point where everybody's really, really going to be able to see this. So. I've had a few other things that have squashed that beyond that. One of them being, I went from an associate degree to a bachelor degree, which I'm sure you want to talk about that. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So you're talking about your actual physical degree that you guys Degree that the students receive. So there was a huge change for that. Um, Within a year's time of that happening, the announcement that our university was splitting happened and there is still a massive amount of miscommunication and misinformation out there about what actually happened then. And so that was 2018 and then COVID. COVID. Right. Yep. So it has been an absolute insane last few years. And that's why right now, one of my class sizes, I have six, but then the class above them, I have 15. So there's just been, it's, I don't have that consistency. So I need to get out there more. And I do have the support from my, you know, my management people and the dental school to bring an extra person in, kind of hopefully help us to allow me or one of us to get out there and become more visible. Yeah. That's going to be the big thing. And just taking those, those opportunities. Our biggest recruiting thing right now, which may make some people in the industry frustrated is that as part of that bachelor degree option, students can do pre-dent, meaning if they want to go on to dental school, they can come through our program while they're learning dentures, partials, crown and bridge, ceramics, ortho, dental materials, anatomy. They're also going to be completing all of their prerequisites to be able to apply to get into dental school. And 
to my knowledge, we are the only thing like that in the entire country. Wow. Just pretty cool option. I think it's great for dentists. They're giving them all the background into the dental technician part of it before they parlay into dental school. I kind of have joked for many years, and I might have to up the age now, but I said I don't trust any dentist that's under the age of 50 because they didn't learn how to do any lab work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And And to a point that is true, but I, you know, I've got some of my grads currently in dental school, and I know that there are a couple of our previous graduates from our program that have gone on to dental school and have graduated. And my dream and, and hope is that there will be a much better respectful relationship for all the team members of yeah. the dental team. Because yeah. I, I feel like we, we have seen that for too many years. And again, it depends on the situation that you're in, what type of lab you are, what doctors you're working with, but they are needing to rely more and more on the education and knowledge of the dental technician. So hopefully our grads that go through that level of respect that they will have for the technician will rub off on some that maybe don't understand it as much. Hmm. I love that concept because it is true. You know, I think, I think we've raised the bar between the communication from the doctor and the tech, but there still are some shitty, nasty doctors that do not know how to communicate and don't respect and treat us with respect. And you know what, to be honest with you, I don't even want to work with those guys. Right. Or girls. The director of the dental assisting program and I are going to be working on developing a course that will it will be about communication, a, a good majority of it about communication in the in the dental office and clinic and lab, and having a better understanding of okay, this is the procedure that we're getting to do clinically. I need to make sure that when this patient leaves, that I have all of this information so that I can send it forward to the lab appropriately. Mm-hmm. From from something as simple as making sure I wrote the shade down and the date <laughs> oh, that it's God, due, yes. <laughs> to making sure that I have captured the appropriate anatomy for what we are doing, mm-hmm. not half and say, you know, oh yeah, your hamular notches aren't there. Just make it work. I do hear that a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just make it work. Just I just want. I want there to be, because in my mind, and it might be because my best friend is a dental assistant, the dental technicians and the dental assistants are, they really, really run that show. They're the ones that have to to make that communication flow the best. And so if the technician is able to communicate, hey, I need to make sure that this, this, and this are going to be in, in the impression or your scan of the mouth before you send it on, or we're not going to be able to give you the best work that you need. And then have that effectively communicated to the dentist without hurting anyone's pride. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and to have that knowledge of making sure I'm giving you the best product. I just want to open up that communication line a little bit differently. I think it's a great idea. I think the class can carry on outside of the school. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, it could even be a continuing education course. Yeah, you should take it to dental shows i yeah right we i did present to the local dental assisting association around here and and Uh i kind of part of it was inspired by the oops dental bloopers facebook page yeah yeah. oh i love that it's like show it to them be like these are the things that our laboratories get in and this is why it is a problem and so i really went i did a communication lecture with a focus on um you know that aspect of pay attention to what you're sending or know that we need these types of things. And it was, it was received really well. So how do we get that to go all over the country? Can't you just start touring? Um, my <laughs> hourly rate is, right? it's, it's $50 per piece of paper that I have framed. Wow. <laughs> now, luckily I am not a master CDT or I would just be, I just price myself up. <laughs> Don't forget, plus hotel and accommodations. But since I have too many children and um, I got this program here, it might it might be a minute. <laughs> so do you take summers off? Do you get a break during summer or are you year round? I am year round. I am there 12 months out of the year. I get, you know, we have vacation days. I'm technically working from home right now, but I need to get into the lab because I went down to the dental school earlier this week and picked up some cases that we're going to be making for the research center down there. So I'm kind of checking out how we're going to be able to do that and then get our students involved in the fabrication. We're just doing some acrylic partials. Yeah. So tell me about that. So when you say the research center, what are they, what is that all about? I think it's, I'm going to make sure I get the name correct here, but. um, Johnny Appleseed Research Center. Uh, No, this is down in Indianapolis. 
Oh. So this is what an international podcast, right? Um, <laughs> so not everybody no knows. The only dental school in Indiana is in Indianapolis. The IU Dental School, right? I mean, yes, IU, Indiana University Dental School is in Indianapolis on the currently IUPUI campus. They are also getting ready to go through a split. Are they really? Yes, but their split is, it, they're going to be more of an IU campus, whereas our split on our campus in Fort Wayne, it became a Purdue campus with us on it. Hmm. It's so convoluted. It's just, I, I just kind of. Yeah, but then when you go to the website, it says Indiana University Fort Wayne. Because Indiana University Fort Wayne is on the campus of Purdue Fort Wayne. So we're at the exact same place we've always been, which was originally IPFW, which was both universities. Yeah. So what actually changed is not the physicality. What changed was who is fiscally in charge of us. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. It used to be that Purdue fiscally covered us. I Here's your your yearly, you know, budget, blah, 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 payout but we awarded an Indiana degree. We always have. When the split happened, um, they decided that Indiana University would focus on more of the health careers. Mm-hmm. So we have nursing, medical imaging, sonography, all the three dentals. Sure, yeah. Makes sense. Jazz. Yep. But we're in the same building. We're in the same spots. There were some renovations for sure and a few changes, but Indiana University is on the Purdue-Fort Wayne campus. It sounds so confusing and it really genuinely isn't, I promise, but the websites are separate. So if you're looking for the dental programs, unfortunately, sometimes stuff will still pop up from the Purdue site and it might say, you know, we no longer are for this program or it'll have old information and we were having a hard time scrubbing some of that. Mm-hmm. But right now, yeah, you go to ours and it is, it just, it's Indiana University. If I go to the spirit store, what t-shirts are you selling? That's all I'm going to remember. Um, if you're to go on, to, <laughs> you should be able to get Indi- you should be able to get Indiana University Fort Wayne T-shirts, Ooh. but you have to go through Fullets. Now here in Fort Wayne, you can get Purdue Fort Wayne shirts over at Target <laughs> <laughs> and in the bookstore. But it's because Purdue just has a, it has that greater presence. They are the much larger portion, obviously, of the university. Oh. So Purdue Fort Wayne is just that smaller entity within. But I did get the name. So it's the Oral Health Research Institute, which is under the Indiana University School of Dentistry. Okay. I know that they get lab work done in in the area, but they reached out to us, full knowing we can't do all of their work for them. But this specific thing, they're doing lower um, acrylic partials with Rottweiler clasps, and then they will be grinding out a portion of the buccal surface and putting a sensor in it. I have not gone any further knowing to what they're doing with those sensors and what they're testing. Wow. But- that's all that we're doing right now. I've got a couple that are going to be repairs and then they will put the sensors in it, but that will be kind of something that the students can be involved with as well. So, yeah. you know, we, we like to do where they, they're all doing the same work all the time, but doing live work is also way more fun. Oh, sure. Knowing it's going to be in a mouth. Yeah. 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 And then another project that we are, that currently just me has been involved with, and we're still in the fabrication process. We're working with a pediatric dentist at the dental school. Mm-hmm. A grant that she received, and we are fabricating a pediatric mannequin for the dental students to be able to study soft tissue pathologies. So mm. we came up with a pretty cool idea. They're you know three D printing all the head and the jaw and whatever, and then we're going to have interchangeable, basically like dentures that we can put in and out of the mouth, which will exhibit different stages of dentition. Wow! So primary, mixed different stages of cavities and other different uh, pathologies that they're there to observe. So it won't be like where they're poking around and trying to find it. It's for observation purposes. So I'm like super stoked. That is cool. Right now I'm going to, I'm making them old school for right now, but I think we're going to end up scanning it and then we can probably just 3d print them so that they have the same thing. And then I've got some of the, the cool materials that everybody uses on the regular that we can make it look, pretty and make or icky you know like grind it in there and make it look like it has a cavity put uh the white lesions that begin the starts of caries things like that and you're making little kid-sized dentures yeah they're real tiny it's that's uh, so weird and <laughs> found out we do actually have denture teeth for ch- primary denture teeth for anyone that's looking they're called my child is crying outside can you hear him yeah, yeah but that's okay 
Elvis's dog usually barks, so you're good. <laughs> so Wesley's just in a stage. He's fine. He just wants to cry because he knows I'm here. If I'm not here, he's an angel. Oh, I bet. So it's your fault. Ooh. It's always the mother's fault, y'all. <laughs> I think there given. was a study recently and they said children are 800 times worse when their mothers are present. Yep. I'm not kidding. Yep. I'll send you the data. That's At toddlers funny. and teenagers. <laughs> uh-huh. So the little bambino teeth, I'll be setting those into little baby dentures. Um, and then I'm thinking about, you know, like I said, scanning them and then we could just yeah. a 3D printer at the school. Yeah. And you're talking about all this really great technology and stuff like scanning and printing. So you guys have all kinds of updated equipment, correct? It's just now happening, Barb. I mean, we, we have been so far behind part of it. Some of the financial opportunities that are available to the programs that are maybe at community colleges are not things that are offered at universities. So we have lost some of like small different types of grants in the last few years, especially since the, the changeover. I love our dental companies. And I would say, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, they, they were a little bit more generous with the university. Mm-hmm. And obviously times change and it's not as easy for them to do that. Mm-hmm. So it has been really difficult for me to get anything in there because of, we just don't, we don't have that extra funding. We worked and received a grant through the Don Wood Foundation and they gave us just shy of $25,000 so that we awesome. could purchase the new three shape and another, or we have a laptop so that we just have an extra station for them to work at. Then mm-hmm. I actually had saved up some money over the years from some of the work that the students have, like live cases that they have done. And um, we had enough money to purchase a 3D printer. And so it's a great starter one. We got a form lapse printer. Yep. Absolutely. We're going to revamp our ceramic room and we're moving our ceramic ovens out of there because they can, they really can be used in other places in the lab. And then this room uh, should be housing our scanner and a couple seats maybe and then our setup for the printer and this is just opening up so many things for our students yeah and beautifully lining up with them needing this knowledge for the newest certification aha yeah bingo Yay. ding 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 so cool so yeah. cool. And, and, you know, I know this is what our grads are needing. This is, they are going out and they are getting jobs in the CAD and they're, they're really having to learn almost everything immediately on the job. Having them have that base knowledge and understand that workflow process is, you know, that's the baseline now. And mm-hmm. I just unfortunately not been able to have that. So we'll be revamping our curriculum from, from some stuff that it's been in the past to line up a little bit better with the changes on the CODA standards. And kind of where the, you know, where the industry is going. Yeah, I love that. So who's helping you write the new digital program? I had mentioned uh, that Carrie Evans is actually, she had just moved back to Indiana. She is a grad of our program. Mm -hmm. She had been working out people's, I don't, I don't know if you can like post, I'll, I'll like talk about all that stuff, but she has been working out in Colorado at Peebles there for quite some time. And she was doing a lot on the digital and, you know, working with the three shapes. So I, she'll, she'll be coming on in a capacity of, of helping out in the classrooms as well as some curriculum writing with me. Nice. We have another uh, part-time faculty member who is a grad of the program who has been working with the CAD cam technology for a while. She just accepted a position at an all digital lab in the area that was just recently opened from by some of their other graduates hmm. so, good for them lots of success stories yeah i know there's a lot of graduates in indiana killing it right now. killing it absolutely when i was with preed i got to tour and meet some of them mm-hmm. and they all mentioned the school they all mentioned the program and i'm like awesome Normally, they say pretty good things about us to other people. I, uh, <laughs> I know that there are plenty of individuals that did not necessarily have a great experience. Sometimes it was me. Sometimes it was classmates. Sometimes it's life. Can't Maybe. win them all. Yeah. And they're out there. We're going to do our best to serve the industry regardless if we hear that you hate us or not. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So we know that we're not perfect. We know that these students come out and they are not, they're not your producers right away, but they have. For those of them that really take it hard, they have an incredible wealth of knowledge that has been given to them mm-hmm. and they continue to have access to the people that helped, you know, give them that knowledge in the first place. So 
I still get calls all the time from graduates, you know, what should I, what would you do in this situation? But it's actually kind of gotten to the point now that I call my graduates and say, oh my God, I don't know what to do in this situation. (laughs) I don't do it every day. Sure. The students are funny because they're like, you make it look so easy. Well, I've made this venture 15 times. It's the same one, guys. Yes, I can make one look easy, but the the challenges that are out there are incredible. We can't teach them all. No. that, you know, and a lot of it falls upon the student. Let's not it forget. Does. I mean, you have to, you have to want it. And you have to, you have to fall in love with teeth. I mean, all mm-hmm. that kind of comes into play. I had that conversation yesterday. Somebody else was asking about mentorship and and kind of you know where things go with that. And I, you can give them all of the ideas and all of the knowledge and all of the opportunities, but if the student doesn't take it upon themselves, it typically doesn't go too far. Yeah. The ones that the 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 individuals that do come in and they are expecting things to be quickly handed to them. Hmm. I try to be honest from the beginning and I get in trouble with my admissions people when I say, you know, technically you don't have to go to school for this. So me asking you to come in and get a bachelor degree in this field is a big ask sometimes because you're going to come out with a bachelor's degree and you're not going to necessarily be making the greatest money starting out because you're not able to produce for this person yet. But you have great knowledge that you're going to be able to use as, as you gain more experience and you prove yourself in that arena, you're going to be able to take the rest of the knowledge that you have from this bachelor's degree. That's not necessarily dental related mm-hmm. and apply that to the lab lead, the manager, the owner, the salesperson positions that are going to now be an opportunity for you that some of those weren't available. If you had to have a bachelor's degree to get into sales for a lot of companies, yeah, and you still do. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, yeah, are you going to walk out and make a bunch of money coming out of here? No. If you put your time in, you go to the conferences, you meet the people, the potential seems pretty endless for some individuals that I've been singing, singing, you know, you can make a lot of things happen in this industry. Oh yeah. I agree. I mean, it's a lot better than, I mean, look at Elvis. (laughs) Watch it out with like a bachelor of music, you know, I mean, it's like, this is the actual real world degree that you can put to use. And that's the other thing with the pre-dent option. You know, traditionally, you know, people wanting to go into dental school, a lot of them want to get a bachelor's in biology or chemistry and say you don't get into dental school. What's your fallback? Okay, maybe you can get into a research field or something like that. Or you got to go get a master's to be able to get into something. You know what I mean? With, yeah. The, with the dental technology degree you know, say they don't get in that first round or the first couple rounds, or they don't get in at all. They do have an amazing career that they can really make something out of. We've had some grads that it took a minute to get into dental school and they've, you know, they worked in a lab. They came and assisted in the program for us, but they're in dental school now and they're killing it. It's just, everybody has to put their own stamp on it or they're not going to really go anywhere. Sure. And I don't want to say anything bad about people with a music degree. How does your school help the seniors, or do you have companies that actually contact you when they're ready to graduate? How do you help place them or do you help place them? And and how can we help you with that? Get that out there. Surprisingly, a lot of our students end up getting hired by the labs that they intern with. Um, That was not always the case, especially in the Fort Wayne area. Having the only program, I'll be like, you're going to intern. You might get offered at this one lab who doesn't pay great, or you might get offered this lab that pays better. But for years, that wasn't happening. And then then we got to the point where they were all getting hired, like right away. Wow. Things have consolidated a little bit. We don't have quite as many labs in the Fort Wayne area. But There's some big ones, though. Yeah, there, there are definitely some big ones and they're kind of always hiring. We typically will do the groundwork to place them for their externship. Unless the student has a specific request or maybe they're already working somewhere, one of the faculty members will call around, see if labs are available and willing to take. We have, ours is seven seven weeks long for the student's externship. So it's a half a semester and we, the minimum is 28 hours a week. This is what we've done for the last many years. This could be changing a little bit. We'll decide as the new faculty comes in, but 198 hours, 196 uh, minimum hours of an externship. That is incredible because I know some of the other schools, like you get two hours or something, like you don't get a big experience like that. So we have been blessed to offer that opportunity because really it's like a, it's really a big, long working interview. Oh yeah. We've had a few at the, when I was local, 
here in Indiana. And we're blessed when our students are willing to kind of go out. And we have been lucky in years past where labs are able to assist with housing sometimes, or the student maybe has a family member in the area and they can go live with them. So our our senior students have been you know placed all, all over Indiana. We've been in Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Kentucky, Mississippi, Georgia, Florida, Missouri. I just, I think off the top of my head, I know for a fact that- A lot of states. <laughs> there, though at least those states have had at least one intern student at some point since I've yeah, been Yeah, that's university, great. Which is phenomenal. And I'm grateful that those opportunities are out there. And a lot of those students have done well in those positions. And then we've had graduates move to- Alaska, you know, we've had all sorts of stuff and that makes our program look good too. It's they're all over the country. So the job placement thing is, it's kind of a, a havesy. I can't guarantee that they're going to get a position, but we work with them. If we know they're moving mm-hmm. or, or they know their life change, we kind of, we made a big change. Lonnie wanted to hire somebody a couple of years ago and it was in the middle of her semester. She's supposed to be doing stuff. And we said, yep, we're going to change how you're doing your class. That way you can go start working over there in Ohio. You can still finish up your requirements for the program, but you can start working there. So I want to work with my students and I want to work with the industry to serve their needs and, and get the best opportunities for our students. What a fantastic opportunity to go work at Lonnie's lab. In uh, Ohio. No kidding. And Yowza. she got a good one too. She got a good one. Yeah. So I know you've talked about being a, a four-year bachelor degree. Mm-hmm. Are you the only dental technology school that offers four years? Yes. Historically, I've been told of two others that have existed, and they ended up going by the wayside, probably yeah. because you know, the demand's not there. I know that there used to be a, a good focus on like business and lab ownership, and mm. then when I was in the process of changing this and kind of figuring out what our focus was going to be as we transformed it into a baccalaureate degree, I didn't necessarily want to go the business route. And we went more of kind of initially it was organization leadership and supervision. So had some human resource stuff in there and those courses were taught by Purdue university professors and they were not, they were not health health related for the most part, there was one really cool OSHA class, but not everybody thinks OSHA stuff is as exciting as I do. <laughs> You're I, alone I, on that. What, why do you think OSHA is exciting? You gotta, I gotta ask. It is, it is, it is so dry and boring the way that it is typically taught. I want to teach it like Michael from the office. No, <laughs> I love that. Let's learn about it. And then I teach my students stupid things. So they remember them. And I tell them, this is how you, walk yourself over to throw your sharps away and I have them take the sharp thing and make a stabby motion as they're walking because they're never going to forget where that sharps container is. Oh, that's funny. That's true though. I love that. So you're making it a little bit interesting to be protecting your, your (laughs) Yes. I am a dork about those things. And then I get myself off track and then we, it takes me 20 minutes to get back to where we were talking about in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all right too. I know. (laughs) <laughs> so I want, you know, we want to make things exciting for them when we get. Why did it become a four-year? I mean, what's, what spawned that? It sounds like you're taking a two-year program and you're having to yes. add so much. So being part of a university, and this was when we were still under IPFW, they were very, very much so pushing to get rid of all associate degree programs. So there were talks and proposals written up a couple different times to see if Ivy Tech, which is directly across the street from the university, would want to basically like not even buy us out, but like take over the program with the same faculty in the same location and just rent the space. And nobody ever wanted to go for it because it was always an expensive program. And then, oh, when was this? This had to be this 2000. This was right after I think I had taken the directorship or right around this time, Indiana, the state of Indiana laid out rules for bachelor degrees and associate degrees. As part of that, an associate's degree was to be capped at 60 credit hours, and 30 of those credit hours had to be specific general education courses that were laid out by whichever university or college was. Yeah. And at that point, our our two-year associate degree, which was really like two and a half years, was 72 credit hours, and 12 of those were general education, like general education that ended up being approved. So we were already teaching 
60 credit hours in just dental technology coursework. So for it to become a bachelor's, you got to be 120 credit hours, but still 30 of those had to be gen ed. So we already had our 60 dental technology classes. Then we had to add on 30. So then we were at 90 and then we had to make up the difference for the 120. Hmm. So we we added a couple new courses. We were able to add an implants course. We brought back our dental lab business procedures course. So all of our students still have to take like a business 100 class, Mm -hmm. right? And then the students that are going our that more traditional path, not the pre dent path, they they take a dental lab business procedures course and and do a full business plan to start a lab, put all that jazz together. Wow. and if like our pre-dent students do have the availability in their schedule, we have had them sign up for the implants course and the other one. We're revamping things so that, that hopefully that implant course will just be embedded for both tracks. So we added a couple extra classes and then we, we had some wiggle rooms where we would take any credit. So electives, because often we would get students that had come from a different major and I hate wasting credits and people's money and time. So I said, you know what? It's, you're still getting a good education. We've got your core of your dental and all those types of things. And then the other focus was those OLS classes to, on the management type of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> it, it was frustrating because we didn't really add a whole lot more of dental technology. It was just trying to make the rules that the state put down. That makes sense. So again, it made it even harder to justify it for something that they will hire you off the street for. Everybody knows how I feel about that. And I think it's a lot, it should be a lot easier to train somebody that has some background, has a good background, Um, but everybody has a different opinion on that. Sometimes it's too hard to train them or they can't change them enough. Um, Hmm. I, I like to train the students to say, this is one way to do it. This has been a, a method that works for me. As long as your end result gets you to where I want it to be and it is safely made, Safe. it's yeah. okay to do it differently. And if I ever hear you say at your externship, that's not how we did it at school, I'm going to pull you. And you're not allowed to go back out. Oh, geez. <laughs> that's a really good, that's great advice though, Brooke. This there are many ways to get to the final result accurately and correctly. There are good and bad parts to that. You know, I'm not asking, I don't want you to skip steps, but if you don't like using this carver to right, exactly. carve around your teeth, that's fine. Use whatever you want, but don't make it look the way I told you not to make it look. <laughs> like, don't make it look like <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, then, then you're fighting the next step because now you got to dig out all the plaster or you got it, you know? Yeah. So moving to the four-year degree is great because I get a little bit more time with them just because it's stretched out a little differently. Um, those relationships really get developed and it's a different type of college experience in a program like ours. It's a small cohort there. It's not those big class, big, big classes. You get to know your little group for yeah. worse. I mean, it's family in every way, like the fighting and the love. And now you're my bridesmaid. Now we get married. You know, all the situations have occurred. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorite parts about it being a little bit longer is we get that little bit of extra time with each other. So we, t- uh, we used to only have two groups running at a time. We technically have three groups running at a time. So it allows a little extra for maybe some extra mentorship from a classmate, other relationships to develop. And they're, and they're coming out with an incredible wealth of knowledge. Yeah. I love that. When you, when you talk about that, it's really inspiring too, because you can tell that it comes through when you're talking how much you care about the students and the criteria and the course and everything. I mentioned that, you know, the advising and the recruiting are, have been a big passion of mine because I've, I've seen people go to a place you don't feel at home. You don't want to go there. You don't want to have a miserable experience. But if you feel like from the get go, from the first day you walk on campus and you're, you're getting some advising and registration done and you feel that connection with them, even if, even it makes the parents feel comfortable knowing that they're, these are the individuals like you're, when I'm advising those parents and those students are talking to the person that's going to be teaching them as well for the next couple of years. Oh yeah. And I think that gives a lot of that comfort to, to, to those parents because they are putting a lot of money out there. Heck yeah. And, True. And, and we're blessed to be able to offer that type of treatment to our students because that's not the case at, at all places. So it's the end of July right now, as we record this, when do classes start? Is that coming up? 
about a month from now. I think that starts. Oh, it's a little late, isn't it, for colleges? Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it starts late August. Late August. How many do you have signed up? I have 15 senior students. They don't have a real heavy dental technology course load during this semester. It's their next semester that they have it. So they'll kind of be in and out. A few students signed up for specialty this semester because it works better for their schedule. Um, But their classes are the online ones, so they're not in-house. So my small group who is there, they're going to be learning their first semester of dentures and partials and all that jazz, unfortunately, is a, a, a group of six. I adore them. It's a group of six girls, and literally every class period feels like we're having a slumber party. Yes, I love that. They are just a friendly, talkative, jovial group, and we'll throw on Netflix movies or Disney Plus movies, and they're watching them while they're working. I run my lab a little chicken with its head cut off, basically. Like, I'll give them a demo and be like, go for it. Let's see what happens and ask me questions. So it's a little bit freer in some of the labs. And then we don't accept a new class until the spring semester, actually. We made that change after COVID because we weren't really sure how that fall semester of 2020 was going to go. So we, we contacted the students that had applied at that time and said, hey, we're going to hold off here and not start until the spring. And I think all but one ended up saying, yep, that's no problem. I'm going to stay. But it also gives us an opportunity for those students that maybe started in one of the other programs on campus, maybe dental hygiene, mm-hmm. nursing, and they were like, time out. No, this is not for me. And we've actually got some really, really, really good ones because they didn't know about us prior. You know, yeah. if they had known about us a year prior, they probably would have come joined us. So um, I love that. Yeah, the pre-advisor is actually a grad of our program. So I've, I've obviously got her in my pocket now. <laughs> um, so I, I, I know that we've got a good person to support us to say, hey, don't forget, there are these different options. You know, maybe this science class didn't go super, super well for you, but that does not mean that you can't be in a dental field. You know, you don't have to have this class for this major, but you're still going to get to make teeth or be around the dental industry. And having that background knowledge and, and, and someone that's an academic advisor is priceless for our program because she's an advocate for us since she's a grad. That's great. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. So people listening to this most likely are already in a lab. And I don't think we touch upon the fact that if you're already in the industry and you want to get a bachelor degree in this, it's not like we're looking for just people fresh off the street all the time. I think it's a great opportunity for someone young in our industry to get that degree to continue in the industry. You're right. And, and there are a couple options right now. I'm hoping that as time continues on and we can increase faculty that we might have some different options. So because we are an accredited program, they accredit just the dental technology portion. When we went to the bachelor's degree, they don't focus on that extra stuff. They're just focusing on what their standards are and what they have to look at. But we wanted an opportunity for anyone that graduated from a quota accredited program, not just ours, to have an opportunity to contact us and say, you know what, I'm interested in this and be able to take their graduation certificate um, or diploma from from their program and cross off all those classes and say, "Okay, here are the extra courses that you're going to take to go towards getting this bachelor's degree. So if they have any other college level, you know, general education courses, a lot of times those will transfer in and those will count. Um, I have taken some work experience. We have some ability to take just real world work experience in place of some credits to a limit. There you go. The one thing that had limited some stuff was when we, uh, when the, the university split, there were less online options, but then COVID happened. So there's more online options. So that should technically allow, you know, someone in another state to be able to easily take those extra course things that they need to. The hard part would be, you know, we are a full-time program and we have had people come in and do part-time. So maybe they're only doing two specialty classes at a time. It just elongates how long they're going through the, the program. Sure. But it would be borderline impossible, borderline impossible working in a lab and going through portions of the program because that's where labs and we have issues with the labs. If you pull them out of their rotation, it messes with your production. So yeah, 
And, you know, that is that even runs into issues of us having assistants come and work with us. You know, everyone's like, I got Friday off. I'm like, I can't hold five classes on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Can you have Tuesday off for me? And, you know, some people and some lab owners and managers are really flexible and excited for when that happens. And others, it, it takes away from their bottom line. And I fully understand it. Totally. Even I really yeah. hate them sometimes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Let's wrap up. How can people find out about this program? What's the best way? You just call me up and I'll have an hour long conversation and talk your ear off. Um, <laughs> so right now our website is iufw.edu. It's actually getting ready to change, but even when you get this posted, if they were just go to www.iufw.edu, it will take you to our main website and they could check out the programs. We also have a Facebook page that people can check out. I'm not super, super active on it, but we will often have job postings, continuing education opportunities, fun things happening around the, the university. Yeah. You know, just so people know about us. And we would love if anybody ever wants to share anything that you ever see. I also have an Instagram page. We've been talking about uh, letting the students do a takeover, like a week takeover of it, you know, a week in the life of a dental technician, and they would post the work that they're working on. Love it. So we've got ideas. It's just getting able to execute things when life happens. I is understand. But, so there are simple ways. I am fairly active on Facebook. I'm out there if any anybody wants to reach out to me through there, uh, I would, if I don't have the answer, I will find the answer for you. Brooke, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. We love what you're doing. Thank you. You know, we talk a lot about how there's less and less schools, but I'm, I'm glad to hear you're still thriving. Yep. Me too. Support, but it's still scary. You never, you know, you never know. And don't hesitate to ask any way that Barb and I can help. Exactly. We're happy to do what we can. We'll be reaching out. We've got, like I said, I've got a group of fifteen that I'm going to be looking for some uh, externship sites. I think actually I did reach out to Barb about yes, one interested did. in Florida. So yep. please, if I ever call or we reach out, let us know how you can help us, and we can help you. I want an externship in Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> My parents have a place over by Reddington. You know, there you go. That's nice. <laughs> Commute into uh, to Tampa. Awesome, Brooke. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. A huge thanks to Brooke for coming on our podcast. You and I have both known Brooke for many, many years, and we know her passion and dedication to this profession is super sincere. What she didn't talk about is all the time and effort that she put in the NBC board and also numerous education committees that help the schools keep a protocol that makes sure that they are teaching future dental techs what they need to know before heading out into the world of dental technology. If you are interested or know anybody that's interested in getting a bachelor degree in dental technology, head over to fortwayne.iu.edu. Check out the program and you can learn some more about it. I also think this would be an amazing opportunity for anybody looking to get into a dental program. Can you imagine how much better a dentist would be if they understood what labs do? I doubt it, but maybe. (laughs) It's hopeful thinking. (laughs) It is hopeful thinking, actually. But I do love Brooke. Thank you so much. That was a really, really great and good luck to your school and yourself. And your baby and your family. Absolutely. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. And we will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. Do a couple jumping jacks. Get your heart rate up. <laughs> Play it. <laughs>